So we begin, Oklahoma, we begin. Thank you. And I just want to thank all of you. You are warriors. I've been watching. I've been watching the fake news for weeks now, and everything is negative. Don't go, don't come, don't do anything today. It was like, I've never seen anything like it. Well, hello and welcome to this special episode of Listen Frontier, a very informal episode of Listen Frontier. I'm Ben Felder with The Frontier, and I am in The Frontier's main newsroom in Tulsa. I've got the whole Frontier team with me. It is Saturday, June 20th, late in the evening. Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, just held a rally in Tulsa, and the full uh, Frontier team was here covering. I've got Clifton Adcock, Cassie McClung, Dylan Goforth, and myself. Guys, how's it going? Great. I'm here bothering them as they're all sitting around their computers and trying to work. We're going to try to rehash a little bit of what happened today. Dylan and myself were were in the uh, BOK Center where the president addressed a crowd of, I don't know, Dylan, what do you say, about 12,000? Yeah, I'd say say 12 to 13,000. People are going to argue about the size of the crowd no matter what number you say, so... It was definitely not more than 13,000. I don't see any way it's possible. Well, and the reality was it wasn't a full house of 19,000. And the reason why that's somewhat interesting is because for the past week, we heard the Trump campaign say that they had nearly a million requests for tickets online, um, or at least signing up to say that you intended to go. Yeah, the city said they expected 120,000 people downtown today. And I mean, they a fraction of that probably showed up. Yeah. Uh, Trump was going to address a spillover crowd outside. That was called off because there weren't really any any people left outside once mm-hmm. once the rally got started. But still a large crowd, still a passionate crowd, and, and we'll, we'll unpack that rally here in just a second. Uh, but Cliff and Cassie, you guys were outside because while the rally was going on in, in the arena, uh, there were protests much similar to what we've seen in recent weeks. Obviously, the, the killing of George Floyd by a Minneapolis police officer has sparked uh, in these nationwide demonstrations. And, and that had a similar feeling today, or, or similar to what we've seen in those protests, but also mainly focused on the fact that the president was, was visiting. What did you guys see outside? Yeah, um, so I think protests probably started around, I want to say, three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, like we've been seeing, um, protesting systemic racism and police brutality. And then, you know, protesters were chanting things like racists go home, um, stuff like that. So I do think the president's visit obviously put some fuel on that fire. Right. There were um, <clears throat> at, at some points there were uh, uh, Trump protesters uh, mixed in with a lot of the uh, uh, I'm sorry, Trump uh, supporters mixed in with some of the Black Lives Matter protesters. And there were there were few sporadic uh, incidents, uh, but for the most part, it was the crowd separating the people who were uh, attempting to fight. Um, law enforcement really didn't get involved for the most part. There were a few cases where, where they did uh, have to intervene. There was one where a uh, Trump supporter actually tried to charge uh, Black Lives Matter's protesters with uh, National Guardsman in between, and uh, he ended up getting arrested. Um, but uh, other than that, it was uh, it was pretty peaceful. Yeah, one thing I thought was interesting is I feel like within the protests, if there was ever an instigator, I feel like other protesters really called them out and tried to, you know, stop them before anything got out of control. So, you know, if, like, anyone looked like they were about to get in a fight, like, someone pulled them away, or if anyone was, you know, like, I think at some point 
protesters were trying to block a car for driving through and you know other protesters like no like let these people through let's just have a peaceful protest and you know let people do their thing and go to the rally if they want to right i think one of the one of the most powerful things i saw was after the rally was over had let out and um the uh, national guard were pulling out uh, but they stopped in the street near fourth and boulder in downtown tulsa and uh, protesters begin to get in the street. At one point, uh, Tulsa police uh, fired some uh, uh, pepper balls uh, at the crowd. Um, the, uh, the main protesters backed up some, and then they kind of moved forward. But then you saw the police, after that, begin to back up. They begin to head south down Boulder and just back up, back away from the protesters. The protesters moved forward a little bit toward the police, and you had some uh, folks on the uh, a bullhorn saying, "No, no, let's go to Greenwood. Let's let's turn around. Let's go to Greenwood." The crowd, the uh, the protesters advanced some, and then stopped, and turned around, and the police and the protesters walked opposite ways, and that was pretty powerful to me. Yeah, no, definitely. And as we speak, there's kind of a big uh, block party going on in Greenwood, just just a few blocks away. Many of those people went down there. Um, you know, one of the things that we heard from the Trump campaign was they had said that one of the reasons they didn't have a full house and they didn't have an overflow crowd outside was because protesters were preventing Trump supporters from getting inside. Now, there were a couple different gates to get in. Did you guys see any protesters that were, you know, impeding visitors from getting inside? Um, no. So the gate we were at, for the most part, there were protesters around it. But, um, you know, I think I hung out there for a couple hours and. Pro, um, rally goers were just walking through the crowd unimpeded. There wasn't, I mean, other than the, uh, I guess, rally goers who were stopping to talk with the protesters or you know, trying to have a conversation with them. I didn't see any protesters trying to engage with Trump supporters trying to get in. Did you, Cliff? Right. Well, at one point uh, at the east gate, at the east entrance, uh, there um, they shut the gates. Uh, because uh, people were throwing uh, uh, Black Lives Matters protesters had had shown up and they were mixed in with the Trump crowd. People started throwing things over the gate, uh, over the uh, barricade, and uh, police shut it down. And then they backed the protesters and the Trump supporters, everybody up uh, several yards. And after a few minutes, they reopened the gate and began letting them in ten at a time. So most people got through, and by the time the the rally started. Uh, most of the people who wanted in were in uh, the gates. Yeah, and there were a couple of gates to get in, and and you know a lot of attention on this this rally for many reasons. One of which is this is the, you know really the nation's first large indoor event since you know concerts and sporting events and and other you know conventions were were called off when the pandemic began. Now, for anyone going inside the rally, you had to get your your temperature taken. Um, now, Cassie, I had someone online who asked me, or on Twitter, asked me a question. And said, "Hey, do you know if anyone got rejected admittance yeah, because of?" I, so I said, "Actually, I, I think I saw one person. I didn't want to out you them. I'm out you now." But I was like, "I actually saw one person." And so you were going in, and yeah, for the, the second time around, so I got temperature checked the first time. Um, it wasn't quite as hot yet, and then a few, I think, two or three hours later, I was going back through again. Had been sitting in the sun all day. My mask was on, and. Um, think my temperature was like 100.7 and so they pulled me back to a tent and they're like hey sit here for a second if your temperature doesn't go down within five minutes like you have to go home but um they took my temperature again about less than a minute later and it was back to 97 so i guess i just got a little hot yeah so they gave you a chance to chance yeah, to cool down nice there when they pulled me back to the nurse station i was like 
what are they going to do? Like, I was kind of yeah. nervous. So. Yeah. Well, so the, so they were checking uh, temperatures yeah. and they were pulling people out if, if they were over. Right. And then you had then the, the next level is you had to go through security, which was literally TSA security. I mean, there were, there were TSA mm-hmm. workers that were checking checking bags as you went through the metal detector, very much like an airport. Um, Dylan, you and I got, I don't know, we got to the arena, we got inside the arena, like what, three or four hours before the speech was supposed to start yeah, uh, with when media had, media had to go in there. And there were already quite a bit of people in there and it kind of like slowly filled up throughout the day. But once again, it just, you know, the, the lower bowl was completely full and the upper bowl was, was mostly empty. And yeah, I hate talking about crowd size. That's just not something I really like to talk about because I don't think it really matters, but this matters because there's been a lot of attention on that. So not a full house, but like we said, a pretty energetic crowd. Yeah, they the crowd was really um, energetic. It felt like early on, because uh, they they were you could see there was sort of like this momentum building, and there you know how these the Trump rallies go. I mean, they might have you know almost a dozen you know sort of like pregame speakers come up, and so the you had a, a group of people who got into the arena very early and were really like raring to go and then had to sit on their hands for a couple hours real because no one you know until i mean i don't know what was the first speaker it was like four or five o'clock maybe yeah it was about and uh so the, you know you had people in there for four hours with you know not, nothing to do can't leave and so they they it was a lot of energy they really wanted some someone to come up and speak and the speaker started and you had um you know, people they, you could see the momentum kind of growing and building and building. But then at a certain point, it was like, I think even the people inside were looking. You could see people looking to that upper bowl like, you know, the, are more people coming in? You know, they, everyone knew the president was supposed to be there at 7. It was this, this kind of like feeling around everyone, the media, you know, tables. And you could see the people in the arena looking to see like, hey, the president's going to be here in an hour. He's going to be here in 30 minutes. Like, is the thing going to full fill up and it just it never did and by the time the president got there you had people who'd been in that arena you know maybe seven hours and uh was not the energy had died down by that point and so you know trump has a way of like especially with his supporters of of kind of rallying people um and, and he hit on points in the speech that brought you know people to their feet and mm-hmm. you know the the chance that you you hear at his rallies but there were also parts where people were sort of like just sort of like applauding along, like waiting to get to the next like punchline. Yeah. Like. And Vice President Mike Pence uh, came out before Trump and he kind of gave the buttoned up speech mm-hmm. version of the speech and kind of hit on kind of laid out the policy positions of, of Trump's you know, reelection bid, uh, you know, continue, you know, appointing conservative judges and continue, you know, fighting against abortion and fighting for Second Amendment rights and fi- being tough on terrorism and law and order. So he kind of gave the speech that you're that we normally see a president give. Mm-hmm. And then Trump comes out. And I think mm-hmm. this is why a lot of people like to show up, because, you you know, while there were teleprompters and parts of it were scripted, he went off script quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you expect. And that's kind of that's the show. That's what you're here. Well, that's what here everyone talked about beforehand was not like you know, what policy positions is Donald Trump going to talk about in a speech? It was like, when he goes off script, what is he going to talk about? That's what everyone was interested in. And that was sort of like, I mean, you could tell that was a feeling in the crowd was like always sort of waiting for the next, like, it was a comedy routine. It's his, that's yeah, his, yeah. his rally is a comedy routine. And that's the people there, they were waiting on that next punchline. I mean, it was like just waiting yeah. on the next joke to hit. This was also like what has been simmering in the president's mind for the last you know, three months because, you know, people have described the rallies for him as being one of the parts of the job that he really loves. And sometimes it's therapeutic and you've read stories where his aides are when he's down, they like to just get him out on the road because that's just, you know, that's where he feels, feels best. Right. Mm -hmm. 
so he hasn't been able to do that for for a few months. And there were a few things that he hit on that you that you that revealed that okay these are things that he's been thinking about, and one of which was the the ramp. And we're kind of laughing because I you know I didn't want to talk about the ramp. I didn't want to write about the ramp. But my God, he talked about the ramp was, for twenty minutes. Yeah, and the, it so was, the, you know a fourth of the speech it was the ramp and the water. So uh, if you're not familiar, a president gave an address at a West Point graduation. And as he's leaving the stage, he's going down kind of a steep metal ramp, and people remarked that he looked kind of you know feeble and going down. And then also he had, he had drank some water that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it kind of I, I don't oh, no. even it's silly to even talk about, right? He, the I, water I'm, was the situation was he pulled he had water in one hand and he tried to move it to his mouth. It didn't quite make it there, so he pushed it up with the other hand to make it to his for, mouth. Yeah, and I and I told you like I no no I just. That we're having to talk about it is, is part is, is kind of humorous, and I, and I saw the video of the ramp. I didn't actually think it was that big of a deal. I mean, the guy was just walking down a ramp. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I've I've probably walked down a ramp like that before if it's icy or steep right. or, or whatever. Anyone who has, I have a bad knee. Anyone who has bad knees knows downhill is way more difficult than going uphill. Yeah, and I was in my, my suit coat today, drinking water, and it kind of stiffens your arms. So, anyways, I uh, <laughs> I'll give the president a pass on this, but he got a lot of criticism online on Twitter. Um, and he had said in the speech that, you know, after after his West Point speech, he had called his wife and asked her how it went. And she was just telling him about how much, you know, right. crap he was, he was saying, getting. Hey, I'm trending. So my yeah. speech must have been right. Really good. Right. And, you know, he said that Melania said, no, not really. You know, and and then it was some conversation, some back and forth. And trying to suss out why he was trending on Twitter. I mean, the whole thing is a jo- it's he played that part of the speech up as a joke. You know the whole time. Yeah, and so we're laughing, and he—that's kind of he's, meant to laugh at. That's kind of time, yeah. and the, the crowd's having a good time, and you know he's—it's this whole story about how Melania had to break it to him that he—he yeah. he was not super popular, and the speech wasn't great. It was because he had trouble drinking water and walking down the ramp. Well, and he was kind of something I haven't seen him do much of is he was kind of um, making fun of himself he was a little self-effacing bit, self-effacing, and yeah. that story. So the whole thing about that story that was so bizarre. Was that it went on for so long? The opening to the to the story was so long-winded that it lost me like three times, and I had to keep going. Like, what are we talking about? Are we still talking about the West Point thing? By the time he got to the ramp, it had gone on for so long that I think everyone was sort of confused about what the point of the story was because everyone's waiting for this punchline. But at at that point is when he started basically making fun of himself. And then he was laughing at himself, and the crowd was laughing, and it was yeah. like everyone was having a good time. Yeah, and and, and we don't really see that that much right. out of this president. That's unusual. And and then you know where we were sitting, we're behind the the platforms where the cameras on. So so where we're sitting, you can't see him, but you know we could get up and and see the see the speakers and the president. Um, but at one point, it went silent, and then all of a sudden people started <laughs> chanting four more years, and we were like, what did he just do? He drank the water drank to show water. to prove that he could do it. Yeah, he. Yeah, I thought something, you know, the only time at a, I mean, especially a Donald Trump rally that it goes silent is if someone is sick in the crowd, someone, you know, it's hot, someone passes out. It, and there was, a, to me, because I couldn't see what was going on without getting up, the silence was like a little unnerving. You know, you didn't know if someone was, you know, causing a scene somewhere or something. You're They're waiting on, you know, security to remove someone. And then you start to hear like this rumble of like approval and then you're like, oh, he's drinking the he's drinking the water, yeah. and then and then the whole crowd was started giving him the four more years chant, you know, and it was like the conclusion of this twenty minute story about the ramp that he couldn't defeat and the water that he couldn't drink, and it was just very strange that after three and a half months of no campaigning, 
that that was what such a large chunk of the speech was about. Yeah. But like I said, he, he, he told it as a joke. So we are still being objective reporters. We're just laughing because yeah, he, the president wants us to laugh. That That's what... was probably the most fun time, you know, from his yeah. body language and the way that he was vocalizing. That was the most fun part of the speech for him. And the crowd loved it. I mean, they were everyone yeah. was having a great time. Yeah. I mean, we don't have enough time to go on all the themes, and that's usually that he hit on, and that's usually the case with most of his rallies. I mean, he referred, uh, you know, mentioned the NFL and kneeling, and I talked to, I mean, just talked about a lot of different things. But but one major theme for his speech was, I, I'm kicking off my campaign, and I'm out on the road now. You know, virus be damned, I'm out here campaigning, and my opponent, my presumptive opponent, the former vice president, Joe Biden, is still hiding in his basement right. and doesn't, you know, doesn't have the guts to come and and face me. And we saw his son Eric Trump come out earlier and say, you know, we've we've agreed. To, my dad's agreed to three debates with Joe, and he wants more. He wants more. He's not, you know. So there's, it really was like a, a poke in the, fi- you know, a, a poke of the finger into into Joe Biden. And you know, the first time we saw that poke in the day was actually from the governor. Mm-hmm. The governor spoke to reporters outside the arena a few hours before the speech, and was being asked about, you know putting on this rally as coronavirus cases are spiking in Oklahoma. And the governor said, Hey, look, hospitalizations and deaths haven't had a similar rise. So we're okay. But he said, Hey, I I expect Joe Biden is going to have rallies too. And, you know, and kind of insinuated that we would welcome him um, as soon as he gets out of the basement, you know, kind of making fun of him for quarantining uh, during this time. So that was a major theme. Obviously the president refers to Biden as sleepy Joe and had said, you know, he's not all there mentally, and he gets confused a lot, and and really, he's not the man that I am, right. and that was kind of the, the the message that he had. Yeah, it. Um, I mean, there was a little bit of it. Really hammered home to me the similarities between the two candidates. You know, it was it, he was the things that he was saying about Joe Biden were the things that people criticized him about, mm. and so there was a little bit of like this, you know, this both you know the two candidates sort of projecting on each other you know what i mean like Mm. he's joe biden has you know they're talking about his he's cognitively you know he has cognitive problems now that's what donald trump is saying in the rally well what has been you know for the last week and a half well people saying oh look at donald trump he can't walk down the ramp he's got parkinson's and it just the whole thing was like that it was a lot of like you know rubber and glue you know type of situation and it was really like it it just it really that's what the next I mean I I talked last week or earlier this week about how whatever happened today in Tulsa sort of charted the course for mm-hmm. the next you know five months politically because it, it's all gonna it's sort of like today is day one it started over and that's what it's gonna be is sort of like it you have two candidates who can project their weaknesses onto each other and i think this was the start of that and that's what we will likely see for the next five months yeah and that's a great point and something i thought about during that too is you know and that's something that you know democrats have actually done a good job against republicans and so you know when obama ran the first time in 08 against mccain the criticism that republicans had against obama was he was inexperienced but then mccain picks palin and the Mm -hmm. democrats kind of beat up that you know kind of projected that on there you say you're the one with the inexperience and then when obama ran for re-election against mitt romney the biggest criticism against obama was was Obamacare. And, you know, Obama was like, no, Romney, you did this before I ever did it in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like the last several cycles, Democrats have done a good job of kind of projecting that on their opponent, saying, whatever you're going to criticize me about, I can actually do that with you. You know, and obviously Trump is is not someone who's, you know, faint of criticizing his opponents. And you're right, something that he gets criticized of, he's he's now going to project that on on the you know on his on his opponent. And probably by Election Day, the majority of Americans are going to feel like we have two candidates that 
um, struggle to put a thought together. I yeah. mean, just basically that's how they're going to beat up on each other. Yeah, and that's just what – I mean, that's – yeah, I, I mean, I, I was thinking of it in terms of like even SNL. The SNL character that you would draw up for the, for the presidents is gonna, would be one character. It would essentially mm-hmm. be one person. It's one, one caricature. And that's what I mean. I just I think that's what we're going to see for the next, you know, until November. Yeah. Well, finally, uh, as we wrap up here, I do want to mention. I mean, we did have this rally in the in the middle of a pandemic, and so much attention is on has been over the past week on Oklahoma's you know rising numbers and mm-hmm. you know whether this was a smart time. Local health officials in Tulsa were 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 suggesting that this be moved back and not held, but we did. Now it's you know it's going to take a couple weeks to kind of know the impact of this you know the, the cases start trickling in uh you know someone asked me you know what happens if in a couple of weeks if we see even more spikes well i guess state officials can say we already were seeing a spike beforehand but we also will probably be able to tell if this had an impact because there's contract tracing so i went in you know cassie is someone who's kind of been uh, on top of the the covid19 beat i mean what are you going to be watching for in the next couple of weeks in just terms of the the health impact uh, of this this rally yeah so um Probably looking for any cases rising in Tulsa County, especially over probably over the next two weeks. Probably won't be able to see those numbers for at least two weeks. Um, But also, you know, the Oklahoma State Department of Health has their team of contact tracers. So I'm sure they'll be conducting investigations into where I guess these cases originated. So hopefully they release some kind of information if they see a trend there. Yeah, and they were giving out masks. I hardly anybody was wearing no, it was, I mean, wearing a mask. One or two percent of the crowd. I mean, they they gave you a mask when you walked in to you know to the to the rally area. They everyone had to have a mask to get in, and I mean maybe one or two percent of the crowd was. Wearing. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that a, a lot of the campaign staff uh, was masked. You know, yeah. the staff that was walking around through the lower area, we were they were they were masked. Um, the crowd was overwhelmingly not. Yeah. And, you know, something that the governor has said is that and he said this before the rally is like, listen, if you look at our, our spikes, it's it's young people um, or he said under the age of 50. So, you know, it, that's still young. That's still, still, still young. Right? Still young. Um, the, the crowd at the rally was not uh, I mean, it wasn't like elderly. I mean, but it was on the older side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this wasn't, a, you know, I mean, it, you know, this wasn't like a, a, a maybe a concert that you normally see in terms of that crowd at, at BOK. So it will be interesting to see, do we see a spike in maybe some of those, you know, that older population? Um, and then I don't know the demographics of where people came from, if they came from out of state. So that'll also know, be interesting know, to see. I spoke with uh, several people the, from out of state. Um, it was pretty, uh, you know, uh, uh, every other person, you know, would be from Wisconsin or Illinois or Kansas or Texas. Um, a lot of people from Oklahoma, too. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not just uh, uh, Oklahomans who are here. There are a lot of people from out of state as well. Yeah. Well, let's hope the spikes are happening in Texas and not uh, <laughs> and not, not happening here. So we can break the impartiality there <laughs> yeah, for the exactly. anti-Texas bias. Right, exactly. So well, I mean, we could go on for so much longer to, to break down the president's speech. We have a story up at readfrontier.com. Uh, or .org that you can check out to uh, kind of get a little bit more insight into the president's speech. And then uh, Cassie and Cliff, you guys were, were covering some of the protests and demonstrations, and we'll have some, some photos and some some information from the, from those demonstrations as well. So it's late. I'll let you guys get back to, to working. Uh, thanks for your time, and uh, good job, everyone.